You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at The Preppy Podcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson on Instagram. Welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. And I'm so excited because I will be interviewing Sarah of Grace and Grandeur. And I don't know about you guys, but those are super preppy and also super classic and definitely having a moment right now. So Sarah makes beautiful uh, hair bows that we're going to talk all about and how she got started and kind of how it's taken off really quickly for her. Uh, But before we get into that, I want to let you guys know that you can always go to thepreppypodcast.com and shop the merchandise. There's lots of good pieces on there, and it's a great way to support the podcast. Um, And you can go through and listen to old episodes. Um, I know I have some new listeners here, so that's a great way to go through and see everyone that I've interviewed on this podcast and uh, listen to old episodes. So let's get into this week's episode. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Okay. um, My name is Sarah Stillwell, and I'm the owner of Grace and Grandeur Bow Company, and I live in Richmond, Kentucky. Awesome. And you make the most beautiful bow hair accessories, which we'll get into um, in a little bit. But I always like to go back towards the beginning to start the podcast. Uh, So I'd love to hear about you as a kid. Were you someone that was creative or maybe you were entrepreneurial? Were you someone that as a kid always had bows in their hair? Tell me about you as a child. Um, yeah, I feel like I grew up uh, much like um, the stereotypical grand millennial preppy girl um, would say as far as, you know, I was obsessed with like the parent trap and um, I watched, I forget what the other show was. There was some show. Anyway, I would like sketch little like wedding dresses and things um, because of like uh, Elizabeth James in the parent trap. <laughs> and um, I like made this um this newsletter and this little like society or something. I had business cards and everything. Like I was always doing all these crazy things. It was like girls, something, something network. I don't know. But, um, so I was making like all these little like creative things. And then when I was 10, I got involved in 4-H and, um, they had an entrepreneurship club. And so I started a little business making jewelry when I was like 10 (laughs) that's so cute and I feel like all of us definitely were obsessed with the parent trap Um, so I I totally feel that that's one of my favorite movies and I still love to go back and watch it yes that I just something about like the scene with the little bridal shop and everything um there like I think my mom still has some of those sketches of stuff um where I was like doodling little dresses and things so funny Oh my gosh, you need to do like a bridal collection next of bows. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. (laughs) 
Okay, so it sounds like you had, you know, a really creative childhood, which is amazing. So then when it came time for uh, college, if you went where and what did you end up studying? Was it something entrepreneurial or creative or did you kind of go go after something else? Yeah, so um, when I was in 4-H in that entrepreneurship club, um, we had to have like different officers lead the club. And so the first officer job that I was elected to was the PR person for the club. And so I had to go and record like a radio commercial for our club's little craft show. And um, so I got to know a lady from the community who was like a PR rep for the bank. And so she kind of told me, like she talked to us about what PR was and why it was important to business. And so then I did that and I just kind of always had an interest in that. I thought it was such a unique path. And so when I was trying to find a school. Um, my dad was friends with the PR guy at the university down the road. And so he introduced me to him and he's like, you should really check out the program here. It's one of the only accredited ones in the state. And so I just like jumped right in with, with PR. I loved how it kind of married business and marketing, but it wasn't like in the weeds with marketing with numbers and stuff. And so um, it allowed me to be like really creative and things. So I, I did a major in public relations and um, I found a loophole where I could get away without a minor <laughs> so I could get out of college earlier. I didn't really enjoy college, but um, so I was on like a fast track and graduated early and stuff with that. But it was um, a whirlwind of, it was fun, you know, just the PR major and stuff. So, yeah. Definitely. Well, I love a fellow PR girl um, being one myself. And, you know, I think one of the good points there is it sounded like, you know, you sort of found almost a mentor um, Mm -hmm. to kind of guide you in the track of PR. And that's similar to me, you know. I feel like PR is kind of like this buzzy word, especially when you're younger that you're like, I don't really know what a publicist does or like what is PR. Um, So to have someone recognize sort of your strengths and and talents and um, kind of be a mentor, like guide you in that direction, I think is so helpful, and you know, regardless of the industry. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, um, it's really crucial. And honestly, um, one of my professors from my schooling, she is still one of my closest mentors. And so I just think like, you can't underestimate like the value of those relationships you make, like, even when you're a student, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. I'm still very much in touch with a lot of my professors and um, teachers from college and involved with the university that I went to. So I agree. I think that's so important. And, um, you know, I think one of the strengths as a publicist is relationships, obviously. So yeah. it seems, you know, natural to, to us. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, you got this degree then in PR, you graduated early. Um, What did you do then after that? Like, what was your first career? Yeah, so I did a bunch of internships in college that were kind of all over the place because PR is broad and it's like, well, you could go a lot of different directions. And um, probably like my most noteworthy internship kind of led to my first job. And so it was my first internship was in Washington, D.C., working for like a very high profile senator. And um, I made some connections through that. And then I had a lot of connections with 4-H. I stayed really involved with 4-H um, through my first year of college. And um, and so I had 
kind of a freelance gig doing some social media lined up for me when I got done with school. And I did that for a little while, but that mentor, um, who was the 4-H like nonprofit side, like the money, you know, fundraising side of the state 4-H program, he had a former career very involved in like DC and things. And so he connected me with a lot of people and, um, one of his friends was the, um, like, I guess he was the president of the uh, Kentucky Retail Federation, which is, it sounds like it's part of the government, but it's not. It's a trade association. And so their, like, um, designation as, like, a nonprofit is determined by their lobbying. So, like, they have to have lobbying as, like, their core thing and so it's very like intertwined with government and having the background that I did and kind of gone the way that I went with with my internships um it just kind of like keyed me up to be a really good candidate for them as um, a director of communication so I was offered that job in 2014 and so I at 21 became the director of communications for this conglomerate of associations that was ran by the Retail Federation. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And um, it's so funny. I didn't realize we had so much overlap with PR and stuff. And I actually, um, right after college, I worked on a state Senate race too. Oh, really? Okay. Um, And I think, you know, I always say if if I wasn't in more fashion related and um, lifestyle related PR, then I think the political PR world is like so interesting and fascinating. And, you know, there's always work in it, of course. So I always, I, I guide some of my interns, you know, in that track, if they have any interest, because I do think it's a sort of a fascinating world. Um, Yeah. Well, and I think that you learn so much about professionalism by working on behalf of constituents like you just have to be professional (laughs) and um and I think it's just it's very like I didn't work in the corporate world but from friends of mine it sounds like it kind of follows a similar path it's like it's kind of a dog-eat-dog world and it was like I don't know it, it showed me how competitive things can be in life like People were kind of cutthroat, and so I didn't want to stay in D.C., but I still love politics, and um, it's just, like, it really, it's just a very energizing atmosphere. And no, I agree 100%, and it's also great for networking. You have to go to so many, um, like, parties and fundraisers that you end up meeting a ton of people, which helps you, you know, down the line, and um, you learn great social skills from that, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, So that's super interesting. Wow. So then how long um, were you working with uh, this this retail conglomerate? Yeah. Um, and then when did you decide to sort of start your own thing? Walk me through that journey of, you know, working there to sort of starting your own thing. Right. So I worked there for like five and a half years and um, it was it was a really interesting job because they had they had changed that role right before I got there. And so I kind of oversaw all the communications for the different entities that they managed, like that they lobbied for in house. And so I was just taking in like all this information and trying to put it back out to the members. So members that range from like Macy's and Walmart and Target down to like your mom and pop pharmacy or grocery store or, um, you know, just like any little shop too. And so it was like this huge 
network of people across the state. And then from there, like you, you got to know a lot of the government relations officials for people like the guy in, in New York for Macy's and, um, you know, people um, with, with Target in the Midwest. And so it was just like, you kind of, you, you had like a pulse of like what was going on with these like major corporations, but also like what was happening um, with the small guys and stuff. And so a lot of times with, um, with that sort of thing, like the big guys know who we were, you know, with the retail federation, like they were aware of us because we were a, a big like liaison for them on state issues, but the little guys didn't. And so, um, I worked with them to create this, um, I guess initiative where we were trying to, um, let small businesses know what we offered for them um and and just like create awareness but also um shine a light on like how important these small businesses were to the communities in kentucky and so we created this initiative called shop our town which i don't really know if they still do anything with it or not but um we would go around and do these like social media campaigns of different towns focusing on their like small businesses Mm -hmm. um specifically retailers and so I would interview them with like a videographer and then we would turn it into this, like all the social media content. And so um, I was doing that and I really, really loved that. Like I wanted to just only do that. (laughs) So, and like things are really heating up in Kentucky with politics and I was just like kind of tapped out with that. Like I just was like, I can't keep going down this path with politics because it's just burning me out. And so I kind of proposed to them. I also had the new leader of the 4-H Foundation in the state reaching out to me about their need for communications and marketing and some help with just basic things like press releases and stuff. And so I kind of just made up a job. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I can't keep doing all this in politics, but like, I really love what we've built with Shop Our Town. And so I kind of proposed to my boss there, like, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep working with you all but I only want to do this part. (laughs) And I also have some other people and they were friends with the 4-H people. And so they were very like, you know, happy for me and trying to work out a solution. And I didn't want to leave the people at retail because the people that were so, so good. Um, But yeah, so we just kind of made this job that I was going to do the same things I was doing for this initiative and then take on work that I used to do kind of a while back at the start of my career with the 4-H Foundation. So I went out on my own kind of freelance at that point. Amazing. Okay. So then when did the idea come for Grace and Grandeur? Like, and what did that look like? Like, what was that aha moment where you, you know, started making something for yourself um, and then realizing, you know, you could sell it. It wasn't necessarily just like a hobby or for fun. Yeah. So I don't know how much you really want to hear the crazy twists and turns of the story, but we'll just like go into it. So (laughs) because for some people, it might be fascinating. I'm sure everyone had a weird COVID era. Like, (laughs) so this was ours. Basically, um, I left there and then that fall like got engaged and everything my husband or my fiance at the time um was then offered a job in new york city and so we left but all my work was really in kentucky and it wasn't something i could do remotely and so i had to make the decision to like let my clients go and then try to find work in new york and it's like i have a pr degree like it's new york city i'll be fine you know well so february he moves up 
to New York and then all my stuff went with him. And so I'm <laughs> with my family because all my furniture and everything is had to go with him to our apartment in New York. And so um, we were supposed to get married that spring and then um, everything shut down. And so we ended up like he came back to Kentucky and we got married like in my sister's living room. And then basically we're like, we're, we're paying for this shoebox in Manhattan. We might as well like go and experience it, even if it is this crazy shutdown world. So we went back and I didn't have any prospects. And so I just started blogging and it never really turned into anything like substantial. Like I wasn't anything big <laughs> by any means, but I made a lot of friends. Um, online through Instagram um, kind of all over the place that had similar like interests in fashion and things as me and so um, you know we're continuing to try to stick it out in New York he ends up losing his job and so we're both just kind of like looking at each other like well how long until this ship sinks like we've got to get out and so at that point um, he had some prospects in South Carolina and so we moved there and that's when I was like okay like jobs still aren't coming and I need to do something. And I just, I've ever since I had been interviewing all those retailers, I just have been so fascinated with that world. And while I wasn't going to open like a brick and mortar retail store, I just, I wanted to learn, you know, I wanted to be in that world somehow. And so I really wanted to start a brand or something. And like, I'm very crafty and creative and it was such a good outlet to like make things during that time. Like it just felt so good to make something. And so um, when we moved to South Carolina, I started just kind of piddling with things and I always had a love for bows. So I was like, I'm just going to kind of get a little bit of ribbon and see what I can come up with. And it took weeks of just like trying to learn. <laughs> like, and, um, but once I kind of got the knack of it, I told my husband, I was like, I think I want to do this. And so he was like, okay, you know, what do you need to do that? And so I was like scared to death, but I took like $300 for our savings, which felt like so much at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to take like $300 and I promise I'm going to turn it into more. Like, and he's like, okay, like I fully support you. And so that's what I did. I took the money and I went and bought like bulk supplies, just a little bit of stuff, but, um, and just kind of dove in from there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people can relate to things during COVID were yeah. crazy and people had to pivot and, you know, shift. Um, okay. So you started making bows. Then did you at that point, I know you said you had a blog. Did you start selling them just like on Instagram through friends or did you, you know, launch your website then once you realized you had a good, a good product? Yeah. So my mom has an Etsy shop that she's had for like several years. And so she knew the ins and the outs of all of it. And so I like, I knew it was possible on Etsy. And so I'm like, I'll just start there. And I really thought like, this will probably just be a thing through the holidays. Like it was velvet bows. That's all I was doing at the time. I thought this isn't really going to go beyond Christmas. So we'll just make a little Etsy shop. And I had this whole like plan of how I was going to reach out to my friends that I had told I was getting ready to do this and just like see if I could send them a bow but like as soon as I launched I had like all of them were already buying the bows and sharing about the business and everything and so <laughs> I was like well I was gonna send you one for free but thank you and um and so then it just kind of snowballed because you know the world of little micro influencers is really powerful and um people really trust smaller following 
you know, influencers, I feel like. And so they just kind of latched on. And then it was just very like word of mouth on social media. I wasn't doing any ads or anything like that at the time. It was just people sharing and stuff. And so eventually the blog has, it's still around, but like, I, it's just not been, been a priority <laughs> since the business has grown so much, but it, it was like Christmas came and went, we went on a big trip after the holidays. And I thought it's just gonna, it's just gonna be nothing after that. And in January, like I just had all these orders continuing to pour in. Oh and so I was like, okay, maybe there's more to this. And it just kind of snowballed from there until now it's like a full-time thing. <laughs> That is so amazing. So for people listening then who might not be familiar with you and your brand and business today, tell them about, you know, what your business is today. Like you have multiple styles of bows. You also sell some other products. Like you have your, your freestanding website too. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your business today. Yeah. So, um, Etsy continues to be like a huge part of our business. Um, it's just such great traffic that I get there that I wouldn't get otherwise, but we did branch out last year and start our own website, um, which is kind of like the leader of um, where our sales come from now, which is amazing how quickly that happened. Um, but we just have a really loyal following, I feel like, and we're small, but mighty. But um, so we did branch into wholesale last year as well. And so we've got that. And then, you know, the world's kind of getting back to normal. I feel like it's been, years but it's still literally just now kind of feeling back to normal and so we have started doing a, a couple of like very specific pop-ups um at retail shops that have kind of like events going on and stuff um not like your typical craft market or anything but um from time to time we will do a little pop-up and um so it's really kind of diversified <laughs> it very quickly um but yeah like wholesale has grown tremendously and stuff and so we've just got like all these different avenues that people can shop now and when we launched the website we added just kind of a curated collection of other preppy accessories and lifestyle things that um that honestly just spoke to me but I you know as a consumer myself like felt like it kind of filled a, a niche in the market it's kind of a specific um take I guess on a beer millennial I would say definitely and now you have you don't just have velvet bows um you have you know silk ones you have all different sizes uh tell me about your assortment today yeah so we have really embraced like different types of fabric and that's something that's really just exciting to me you can do there's just a world that's opening by going into all that. And so um, we just did like a really fun collaboration with Elizabeth Alice studio. And so we took some of her gorgeous like chinoiserie style paintings that she turned into patterns that were printed on a satin and um, they just made the most gorgeous spring bows. Um, and so it's just like the, the creativity there is just like, endless um but so we've got different styles um the really the thing that's like crazy when I tell people what I do is they're like wait you don't make hair bows for little girls and I'm like well they could wear them sure but that's not who our focus is it's really women in their 20s and 30s and even beyond that are really into this style and so we have a lot of these long tail hair bows 
velvet or um, satin or even just some like cotton bows that we've made. Um, so there's just a lot of different, there's a lot of variety among our bows. <laughs> Definitely. They're gorgeous. Honestly, the new ones that you just launched, like the chinoiserie, I think yeah. it's so beautiful. Um, and I just, you know, it, it's amazing how you've grown and, um, you know, with, with bows, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um, you know, focusing on one product and doing it really well. I think sometimes people try to overextend themselves and, um, you know, do a a lot of things really quickly. And that's not always the best route. Um, So I'd love to hear like, what's the hardest part or your greatest challenge in terms of like business, would you say? Honestly, right now, it's, it's production. And, you know, we've, We've gone down the path of looking into manufacturing things and um, it's just not the right fit, at least right now. And I I truly love that our business is handmade and it's made here in the U.S. And um, right now they're, while I have prep help with prep with family members, um, I still make all the bows. And so it's it's really hard. I was up to 1am last night and that's not unusual, you know, and it's just like, I, um, I love that this job allows me to, to be home with my son. Of course I do have the help of a sitter. I could not do this without a sitter, but you know, it's just, it's getting to that point where like, I have to have help making bows, which we're, we're working on it. We are, um, changing our, um, whatever it's called, tax info, you know, turning the business into something a little bit bigger um, to take on part-time help. But um, for sure, it's just making the bows right now. That's like, how do I, how do I get them all done in time? It's hard. Yeah, no, certainly. I can't, can't imagine, but that's, you know, to think the bow that I have is made with love by you um, is so special. So I, I get the importance of that too. Yeah. Now on the flip side, like what's your favorite part or like what's been a pinch me moment, something that's been really cool that's happened with the business? Okay. Um, definitely my favorite just in general is um, finding new ribbon or um, a new color or style of fabric or something. And then when I first get that in the mail, it's like I can't, I'm like a kid on Christmas. Like I have to just sit down at the sewing machine like right away. Like I can't wait. <laughs> and so um, that's always really funny to my husband too, because he's like, it's been years and you're still, every time you get a new shipment of something, you're just like, I have to, I have to make one right now. <laughs> but, um, but a pinch me moment was definitely um, earlier this year when we uh, leased a um, studio space downtown. And so I just, I never, when I started this, I never imagined that it would get to that point. Um, but now we do, we outgrew the house. And so, um, I have a studio downtown where I house everything and make all the bows and all that and can have a pretty place for all of our, all the content that we need to make (laughs) for social media now. I love that. Um, what about marketing? We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, how you mentioned, you know, micro influencers have been so helpful um, as you've grown. Would you say that's been sort of your best form of marketing and getting the word out still? Yeah. And I think it really starts though at the core of it with the relationships. And so um, the, the best, you know, ROI that we've had on any campaigns we've done with influencers 
Um, the best ROI with, with any of those micro influencers has definitely been working with um, the, the bloggers and the influencers that we know well. Um, and it's been fun to kind of meet some of them in real life. I've met a few and it's just crazy how you, how you can really build like a strong relationship with different um, makers and creatives online, you know? Okay. So you mentioned getting new ribbon in is like Christmas morning, which I think is so <laughs> fun. So I'm curious, where do you find inspiration for your new designs and new bows? Ooh, um, that's a really good question. I feel like I, I don't know. I have always had a knack for um, just, I don't know if vintage is even the right word, but things that were from before my time, really. Um, And so I really, you know, all the bows that, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but all of the bows are named after women in my family tree. And so um, my grandmother has written several books on like the genealogy of our family. And I love to read the books and find just little tidbits and interesting stories that, um, shed light on some, you know, a lady, you know, farther back in my family tree and like what life was like for her and just seeing the photos and everything. It just, I don't know. I just have this love for, um, you know, the time gone by and, um, things that were once beautiful and kind of forgotten at this point. Oh, I love that. And that's so special that you have those genealogy books. I feel like, um, first of all, that's a lot of work. (laughs) It's so nice that you have them to look back at. And I I think that's beautiful that you name um, the bows after family members. So who would your dream customer be? Like if you could pick anyone, like a celebrity, a royal, an influencer, or, you know, just anyone, who would be your dream? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I definitely would, just Kate Middleton would be amazing. Mm Um, I adore her style and, um, I especially adore her hair. I, if I could have anyone's hair, it would be her hair, (laughs) um, but she, she has hair made for a bow. Like it's just perfect. Um, so she would definitely be someone that I would, would love to, to send a bow to one day. (laughs) I love that. You're right. She does seriously have the best hair. Um, but I have to say all of your pictures on social media, like your models and everything, all have gorgeous hair. Like it looks so pretty. Yeah. My sister gets conned into it a lot. I'm just like, (laughs) come model the bows. And she's like, all right, fine. But um, it's really funny because I have to dress her because we have very different style. And so I'm like, no, none of your clothes will work. Like, That's so funny. She understands. She's like, I get it. It's a certain aesthetic. (laughs) Um, So since this is the Preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? Hmm. I think it's definitely classic. Um, And I know it's so cliche, but timeless. You know, it's just something that is in style or – I don't even know that it's really in style. That might not be the right word, but it's probably the opposite of like trendy, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. So like f- I think back to when I was a kid and um, when I was like fourth and fifth grade, I was obsessed with like collared shirts and cardigans and things. Yeah. <laughs> and then in, when I got to middle school, they changed the dress code to like 
polos and um, slacks and things. And you had to dress like that. And so it was like totally uncool. But I secretly loved it. (laughs) And I thought it was so classy. And so I always think about that of like, I don't really think I fit in with what I like, but it's, um, it's more classic and just um, stands the test of time, you know? Certainly. I think that's a great (laughs) answer. What, um, I'm curious, like, what's the best seller on your website? And then which is your personal favorite right now? Okay. Um, so the best seller right now is the Alice bow, the long version. Um, so the Alice long ivory, like, year over year. It's just such a, a popular bow. It's popular with brides. Um, it's popular with holidays and everything. You just can't go wrong with ivory. And then um, it, since the fall, a big second, like a runner up to that would be the Alice Long in Black because of that Don't Worry Darling movie. Yeah. Or I think it was a movie. Yeah. I never watched it, but I think she wears a black bow just like that. And so, especially on Etsy, like, I could not keep that bow in stock the last several months. Those have both been, like, the front runners, um, which are not the, like, flashiest or coolest color or anything like that. They're very, like, standard. (laughs) But, yeah. And And which one's your personal favorite? Yeah, so my personal favorite, it's honestly a tie between the Bailey bow and the Clara which is the newest style. Um, and the Clara is like the satin bow. Um, I really like the bigger oversized look. I love wearing it like on the top of my head with a little poof. I love that the poof is coming back. <laughs> and um, the the Bailey bow is just like a very classic silhouette. And it's one with our wider velvet ribbon. And so um, it just makes a really darling statement, I think. <laughs> yeah, those are great. And it, it's funny that you mentioned that movie. I could totally see people searching for bows because of it. The the styles uh-huh. and fashion in that movie were so great. Yeah. What's your go-to drink order? Oh, okay. Um, honestly, <laughs> this is silly, but just a regular Coca-Cola. <laughs> like that would, above everything else, above any alcohol or anything like that, that was our toast at our wedding. Like that's my special treat. Like I just love a good Coke, especially McDonald's Coke, but. <laughs> yes, a cold <laughs> crispy. <laughs> um, where would you suggest, like, what's a good resource um, for advice or, or business advice, like something that you could tell people to check out, whether it's, you know, yeah. a book or an organization? Let me think on that. Um... Or like a website. Yeah. Honestly, I'm such a podcast junkie. And so I... I've always been fascinated with Jenna Kutcher's podcast. I think it's just a wealth of information. Um, And obviously she started as a photographer and I'm not a photographer. So it's kind of weird that I would be drawn to that, but she just has really great marketing advice. um, And it's just in a fun conversational way, but I could go on and on with podcasts that I just love. I think there's so much great information out there, um, you know, at our fingertips. Um, And so podcasts all the way. Yes. No, of course. Obviously, I love podcasts. And even besides my own, I listen to a ton of podcasts when I work every day. Um, There's so much information, like everything from pop culture to fashion to business to to wine. I listen to on podcasts. Absolutely. And I do. Jenna Kutcher is great with marketing. And um, she actually, I kind of modeled my blog and personal website off of 
how hers was structured because I think she does a good job of she has her her like toes in a lot of things but somehow it all is seamless and right um so I think you know she's she's great in so many aspects yeah yeah it's very well branded and um like succinct and so you you just know when something is like done by Jenna Kutcher and it's she's got that quality that I think that's the thing that I love is just like always having that standard of quality Mm -hmm. um I think is so important and so that's definitely something that I've appreciated and learned a lot from her about certainly now what about um three like stores or other brands that you love to pair with your bows Mm. I mean you can't go wrong with j crew like (laughs) it's just um just easy going and um and that's you know um and then personally I am just such a sucker for hill house I'm like, just take all my money. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I I just adore the nap dress. I'm all about nap dress nation. Um, I hope they never go out of style. And let me think of a third. Um, nap dress is amazing, though. I live in mine. And I love how they keep adding more styles Um, like I just got a short and top set um which I'm so excited for as soon as it warms up yes yeah uh gosh I'm trying to think of a third my mind's just going completely no you're those are two good ones yeah (laughs) yeah we'll stick with those two yeah what is next for you any like sneak peeks or something you're working on so (laughs) I'm very excited about the next collection I'm still flushing it out but um I don't know. By the time this goes out, it might be very close to when it comes out. So we're working on um, very Grand Millennial-esque. I, it was just the the Grand Millennial girlies like came out full force with this last launch. And so I hear you. I see you. And I'll just say there's a lot of blue and white. <laughs> so I, I'm super excited. Oh, my gosh. That is so fun. So my final question is, where can people find you? For everyone listening, let them know where they can shop your bows, where they can um, follow along on social media and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So our website's graceandgrandeur.com. And then we're on Instagram and TikTok at grace dot or period and period grandeur. Um, And then we're on Pinterest and Facebook and just about everywhere, <laughs> but, um, we do still have our Etsy shop, but, uh, grace and is going to be probably the most curated, easiest place to shop <laughs> in my opinion. So yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. This has been so fun learning more about you and your business and your gorgeous bows. Thank you. This was a blast. I was so thrilled that you asked me to be on here. Thank you so much for listening to the preppy podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.